We are continuing our series today called Welcome to the Neighborhood. Welcome to this neighborhood. We're at Tony and Michelle Proctor's. Let's give them some love. You guys are awesome. Thank you for opening up your home. It's really fun to do this all over the city, meeting in neighborhoods all, all over the city. And it, I know right now you're like, I cannot believe we're still not going to be able to come back to a large group gathering. And I know right now it's really frustrating. And trust me, for me, it's frustrating for me. And, and, but I also believe that we should look beyond the frustration and we should look into what could God possibly be doing? So often when things like this happen, we just get frustrated, we give up, and we just go, ah, what's happening? Instead of saying, wait a minute, what's happening? What is God doing? I believe that God has us in our neighborhoods intentionally. Now, God did not cause COVID-19 and all the craziness and all, all the, uh, all the uh, disease and the, and, the, and the struggles and the heartache that so many people are facing. But God, as we know as the people of God, can I get an amen, that he works in the middle of hardship. Like he is, he is a God who is good, who cares about us. And I believe he is at work, but we've got to slow down, we've got to stop, and we've got to listen. Why does he not have us in our large group gatherings? Why does he have us in our neighborhoods? And I believe it is intentional. So if you've got a Bible, I want us to go to Acts chapter 9. So if you're new to church and new to um, our gathering... Uh, you don't have a Bible, download version, a great app, and I read out of the New Living Translation. And, and let, me, um, let me give you some background on this, because uh, today, today I want to talk to you about playing in the street. Playing in the street. Acts chapter 9, so if you're new to Scripture, Acts was written by this guy named Luke, and Luke put together all these accounts of the early church. So if you ever wonder, like, what was the, what was the church like when it first started? Go to the book of Acts. And you can read all about it. In fact, last week we were in Acts chapter 8, where we were talking about how we are the scattered church. And the church was scattered because of the persecution that came on the church. Stephen was, was stoned to death. He was martyred and killed. And one of the guys that was there that kind of oversaw that event was a guy named Saul. Now, what we're going to read about, what we're going to see is Saul was persecuting Christians uh, he was fighting against Christians, he was, he was arresting Christians, he would have nothing to do with Christians, and then he was on his way to Damascus, and suddenly he had this encounter with Jesus. A light shined on him, uh, he was blinded by that light, a voice from heaven spoke to him, it completely freaked him out, freaked everybody else out that was around him. He was blind, and then he was taken to this house. And that's where we pick up the story with this guy named Ananias. So if you have a Bible, I want you to go to Acts chapter 9, and we're going to be in verse 10. It says this, Now there was a believer in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord spoke to him in a vision, calling Ananias. Yes, Lord, he replied. And the Lord said this, Go to Straight Street, to the house of Judas. Not Judas, the disciple that betrayed Jesus. This is a different Judas. Although you got, you got to feel for every guy in the Bible after Judas that was named Judas. Everywhere he goes, he's got to make He's like, I'm not that guy. So this is a different, different Judas. And he says, when you get there, ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He is praying to me right now. I have shown him a vision of a man named Ananias coming in and laying hands on him so he can see again. But Lord, 
uh, Ananias exclaimed. I, I've heard many people talk about the terrible things this man has done to the believers in Jerusalem, which we talked about a minute ago. And he is authorized by the leading priest to arrest everyone who calls on your name. Now, I'm going to keep reading, but let me stop here. Again, we read this. If you know this story and you know the story of Scripture, you're thinking, oh yeah, this is the guy who goes on to become Paul and he founds all these churches all over the world. And in fact, the majority of our New Testament contain those, those letters. But remember, none of this has happened. All Ananias knows is this is the guy who's been arresting my friends and people I love, putting them in prison and having them stoned and killed. And Jesus is saying, go to this guy's house. But the Lord said, go for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to kings as well as to the people of Israel. And I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. So Ananias went, he found Saul, he laid his hands on him, and he said this, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road has sent me so you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Instantly. Somebody say, instantly. 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 That's how quickly your life can change. Like, if you don't know Jesus today and you're like, is there hope for me? Could my life really change? I mean, after all that I have done, instantly, if God can change, radically alter a guy named Saul, change his name to Paul, and have him be instrumental in writing most of the New Testament and being responsible for us being here today, he can radically alter your life in an instant. Instantly, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he regained his sight. Then he got up and was baptized, and like this, afterward, he ate some food and regained his strength. Why did he do that? Because that's what good Christians do. We have potlucks. That's why we do what we do. So I want to talk to you today about playing in the street. Let's, let's pray. Father, thank you for this moment we have to gather in homes all over the area. Uh, many are, are gathering together like we are right now. Others are with families. Others are, are by themselves. Some people are, are in their cars. and they're, We're all over the place. But God, we know that your spirit can move because your spirit is not um, bound by a location. Thank you for that. That's what, we've learned that through this series, Father. What we have learned is that the church has not been shut down. The church has been sent out. You are not bound by a location, but you, God, are everywhere right now. So your spirit move, we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. So when I was a kid, um, I loved to play outside. If I could get outside and I could run with my buddies and be with my buddies and spend it, I mean, from sunup to sundown, I was gone. I was not going to be in the house. Maybe, maybe that's you. But when I was a kid, right before I would leave the house, I would always hear my mom say these words, stay in the yard, to which I promptly bolted out into the street because I, I, did, I could not, I was not one of those kids that could stay in the yard. I, I looked at my neighborhood. Did you guys ever do this? Like looked at your neighborhood like it was like a, you exploring, like it was this vast land that you could just take. It just seemed, your neighborhood seemed like a, 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 a city. It was, it was beautiful. It was amazing. And I remember I would always go and find all of my buddies and we would play in the street. I don't know why we could play in the yard. I didn't want to play in the yard. And one of my favorite toys was a Nerf football. Anybody remember Nerf footballs? So that I just that one toy could carry me 
all day long. Me and my buddies all day long hanging out, playing. We, and we should play in the, in the yard. It would be safer to play football in the yard. But what do we do, guys? We played in the street. That's what we did. And, and we played everything in the street. I, I remember I would ride my skateboard in the street. I could ride it on the sidewalk, but I didn't want to. Where'd you ride your bike, everybody? In the street. I mean, that's what I did. I remember, and you, some of you heard me talk about this before, I remember I would, we would set up ramps and I would jump my bike over kids in the neighborhood. It was so amazing. And we had the, the best time ever until we landed on Andy. Andy was this little six-year-old kid, didn't know any better, didn't have the smarts. He would always lay at the end. And whenever we landed on Andy, we knew it's time to go in because Andy would cry and run home to his dad. <laughs> and then his dad would come out yelling at us and we knew, hey, I think I hear my mom calling. It's time to go in. So here's what I want you to do. Where, wherever you are, where, whatever you're doing, and here in this room, I want you to take 30 seconds and I want you to share with somebody next to you, okay? Just one person, share with them. Did you play inside or outside? And what was it you played? Okay, 30 seconds, go. All right, okay, so uh, bring it back, bring it back everybody, okay? Bring it back. I, I remember when, when, do you remember being a kid and just, you would just hunt down other kids in the neighborhood to play with? Like you're just begging for anybody to be home. And the worst thing that could happen is you would go over to your buddy's house, your friend's house, and you'd ring the doorbell and their mom would come to the door and they'd say, oh, I'm sorry, little Billy can't play right now. That was so frustrating. You know what's so odd though is now that we are adults, we stay in the yard. Like none of us are bolting out. We stay in the yard and we wave at our neighbors. Like nobody, nobody's running next door and going, hey, uh, can Nathan play? Because that would be weird and they'd probably call the police on you. But listen, as, as followers of Jesus, we don't stay in the yard. We, we obey the command of Jesus where Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. That's what this series is all about. It's something we say every week at Core Church. At the core of who we are, say this with me, is loving God and loving people. That's what it is all about. And I believe that God has intentionally placed us in our neighborhoods right where you are. He's intentionally placed you there. He's intentionally placed you where you are at so you can share the hope and the healing and the peace and the purpose of Jesus with those who are around you. In the last two weeks, we've been talking about this idea that, that we are missionaries on mission assigned to a mission field. We've been talking about sharing the gospel and sharing Christ with our neighbors, but we've been talking about how we've kind of made that uh, really hard and difficult, and it really shouldn't be that difficult, but it becomes very overwhelming. And we've kind of narrowed it down to three simple things. When it comes to sharing Christ, if you, you missed the last couple of weeks, it's this, and, and I encourage you to write this down. Remember three things, intercede, invest, and inform. Intercede, invest, and inform. Intercede, pray for people, pray for opportunities 
to reach people. Pray for people by name that don't know Jesus. Invest. Just do good. Be nice. Do something nice for your neighbors, for your coworkers, for, for the parents on the ball team. Just, just let God prompt you and just do something good for somebody around you. Be kind. Give a smile. Shake a hand. Open a door. Mow a lawn. Whatever. Hand out some groceries that go fresh. Whatever. But what, it's endless the things you can do. And, and when God gives you the opportunity, you don't have to create the opportunity. God always creates the opportunity. Inform them. In, in other words, share with them the hope that you have in Christ. Encourage them in whatever it is they're dealing with. So, again, I'm going to give you guys 30 seconds because we've been doing this the last couple of weeks, and I, and I want you to share with one another how, how have you been doing, okay? Have you been praying for people? Have you had an opportunity to do good? Or maybe you had an opportunity to inform someone. Whatever it is, and if, and if you just like, I completely forgot, that's okay. But it take 30 seconds. I wanted to share that with somebody next to you, okay? Go. All right. Okay. Everybody back. All right. Okay. So just in the room. So we kind of have people on both sides and you know, you can't see them. So um, show of hands. Let's just, just be honest. I know this isn't the church building, but we're still doing church because the, the church is the people who gather. Okay. All right. So we are the church. All right. How many of you, um, you prayed for somebody or prayed for an opportunity? Raise your hand in the room. Wow. A hundred percent. Give your give some love in this room. That's amazing. Uh, how many of you had an opportunity to invest just to do something good? You like intentionally, God prompted you, both sides of the room? Good. That's awesome. Uh, any, did anybody have an opportunity to inform? Like you got an opportunity to really encourage or maybe pray for somebody? Anybody in the room? One? Yeah. Come on now. That, that is what it is all about. So way to, way to go. But here's the thing. It's, it's easy to play it safe. It's easy to stay in the yard. Because sharing Christ, it involves risk. So let's talk about risk. Let's talk about staying in the yard as opposed to playing in the street. Because I think God wants us to take a risk. And I think we can learn from this guy named Ananias because Ananias was willing to take a risk. If you have a Bible, go back to Acts chapter 9 and verse 11. It says this, The Lord said to Ananias, Go over to Straight Street, to the house of Judas. I, I love this right here. Judas opened up his home, and this is what God is simply calling us to do, to open up our homes. And he said, when you get there, ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He is praying to me right now. In other words, right now, on a street, in a neighborhood, in your workplace, on a ball field, right now, somebody somewhere like Saul is praying, and you are the answer to that prayer. God is sending you to them. And he's, he's already working. He's, he's gone before you. Now, when I say that, I, I, I know what you're thinking because I know what I'm thinking. Okay, great. So where do I go? Like, do I just like go randomly knock on doors, you know, and say, uh, you by chance been praying? <laughs> 
That would be, how do, how, do you, how do you know where to go? Listen, God spoke to Ananias, gave him, this is crazy, gave him a specific street, a specific house, gave him the guy's name, and told him what the guy was doing, told him what Saul was doing. I believe God wants to speak to you like that. But in order for God to speak to you like that, you've got to be in position to listen. You got to be in position to listen. Turn to somebody in the room and say, "Are you in position to listen? Are you in position to listen?" I can tell you, most of the time, I am not. Uh, Laura would confirm, give a big amen. She's in the house here. Uh, I, I just, I'm not a good listener, and the reason is, is because oftentimes I'm present, but I'm not present. Come on, anybody? Like when your kids are talking to you, if you're a parent and your kids are talking to you, you're present, but you're not present. Your, your mind is, is elsewhere. Or maybe as kids, maybe you are talking to your parent and you realize uh, that, that they're not listening. Or you're a parent, you're talking to kids and you realize they're not listening. Or maybe it's your spouse. We've all been there, haven't we? Where your spouse is talking to you and you're not present. Or you realize, ladies, you, you know this as men, we're horrible horrible listening. Or how about Zoom? We are all completely Zoomed out, but we get on Zoom and we act like we're paying attention, but are you really present in that meeting? <laughs> Come on. You're over here. You're checking your Facebook feed. You're checking your Instagram story. I heard some, somebody was telling me this, that they actually went into their Zoom meeting, had their phone, and they had the, a book propped up on the, on, the, on the phone that nobody could see in case they got bored in the meeting. Is that not amazing? That's so great. Like, it is, it is so hard. I mean, it, the truth is, it's very, very difficult at times to listen. Right now, for some of you, you're like, I haven't been listening the past few minutes. It's even hard. Like, we're doing church online right now. It's, there's so many distractions right now. When you, when you think about all the things that are going on, you, you, got, you got kids and you got uh, things go, are happening all around you. So many distractions it's so hard to focus, and there are a lot of distractions and a lot of things vying for our attention. But Ananias, Ananias was in position to listen. In fact, we learn later, Saul, who becomes Paul, he writes about Ananias, and he gives us a little insight to who Ananias was. It's in Acts chapter 22, where he says that Ananias was a godly man, and he was devoted to the scriptures. In other words, Ananias, Ananias had a passion for Jesus, and, and his passion put him in position to listen. I'd like for you to write this down, because I want you to remember this and kind of carry this with you. My passion puts me in position to listen. My passion puts me in position to listen. Like, I'm passionate about basketball. Anybody who knows me I love basketball, and specifically, I love college basketball. And even more specific, I live for March Madness. I was never more devastated when COVID wiped out the tournament this year. I really kind of, it was a dark cloud over me. I was like, this is so awful. But Brad, we're not able to meet in the church building. I know, but did you hear they canceled March Madness? I, uh, I get church, but March Madness? And, and my, my family knows this, and they know, like, don't talk to dad in March, because I'm not going to be listening. I'm completely focused in. Why? Because that's what I'm passionate about. 
And, and what, what I'm passionate about puts me in position to listen. So I want, I want you to take 30 seconds again, turn to somebody in the room, and I, I want you to tell them something that you are passionate about. Now, before we do this, Jesus is not the right answer, okay? Because some, I know you're all like, I'm passionate about the word and Jesus and memorizing scripture. I, that's it. I'm memorizing. No, no, do, try, we're not going to come back and I'm going to go, I'm not going to go, gotcha. The answer is Jesus. No, really. What are you passionate about? What do you enjoy doing? 30 seconds, go. All right, everybody back, okay? All right, real quick in the room, what are you passionate about? Somebody over here? Yard. Your yard? I like, yeah, yard, garden, over here? Cooking. We all have our passion, and here's the thing, whatever you're passionate about is going to get your time and your attention. That's whatever you're passionate about, that's what you're going to give your time and your attention to. But here's the other thing about we have to remember, too, is that Whatever you're passionate about, you can also become passive about. The very thing you're passionate about, you can become passive about. Like, if you're a parent and you you, you were passionate about having children, you can't wait to have children. Logan, who is doing uh, all of our behind the scenes, all the uh, filming and editing and all the all the stuff that we're doing, he, him and his wife Emily get pregnant, going to have a baby. Can we give some love for? That's amazing. I mean. This guy is excited and he is passionate about being a dad. But truthfully, after you've been a dad for a while, the very thing you're passionate about, you can become passive about. I mean, you can be passionate about the yard. And, and then after a while, if you, you know, you can grow passive to it. You can, and especially if you stop doing it, especially if you stop paying attention to it, and, and then you can really become passive to the, I mean, you love running. Some of you are probably like, man, I'm passionate about running, but if you, if you kind of take a few times off from running, like I play basketball, played three times a week, but I haven't been able to play because of COVID. And, and now I've become kind of passive towards basketball. And what's crazy is we can actually even become passive when it comes to our faith. The very thing we were so passionate about in the beginning like for Logan and Emily, passionate about becoming parents. You hold that baby and you, or you get that yard and you, you get that yard and you're working on the yard or you're, you're cooking something, you become so passionate about it. But after a while, you can become just so passive and we can become passive even about our relationship with Jesus. And I think right now is even a, a very, very dangerous time for us as followers of Jesus because we're not meeting in the large group gathering. And it's interesting how sometimes... The things that are the easiest to do uh, are become the easiest things to not do. Like doing church online. It's, it's just easy. Like how, how hard is it? You get up, you go turn your TV on, and you just start watching online. But isn't it crazy how the easiest thing, though, you can be like, oh, you know, uh, I'll watch that later. You know, or um, I, I'll, I'll get caught up. I'll get caught up this, this week, and then we don't, we don't really get caught up. I... I so I, you know, you could say, you know, hey, you know what? Um, 
I don't know, I just can't do the whole online thing. I tried it. I'm, I'm just going to wait until we come back into the large group gathering. I, and I'm just going um, to hold off for now. And what can happen is we can become passive about our faith, the very thing that we love. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, he said, Seek and ye shall find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Ask and it will be given to you. What are the, those, all of those things, listen, those things are are um, passionate things. Those are things you're passionate about, not passive about. Like think about if you're gonna, if you're gonna knock, you ever have somebody knock on your door passively? You know what I'm talking about? Like they go, you're like, is that a knock? Have you ever had somebody knock on your door passionately? Like they're just beating on the door, especially if you're like, if you own the house and you got locked out, like it just, it, there's a difference between being passive and being passionate and your passion puts you in position to listen. Ananias was passionate, but he was also hesitant. And he was hesitant for good reason. And look back at the scriptures. Verse 13 says this, Ananias says, I've heard many people talk about the terrible things this man has done to the believers in Jerusalem. We went through some of those earlier. He's authorized by the leading priest to arrest everyone who calls on your name. I, this is a really, this is a very real threat. <laughs> like, Ananias could be arrested. He could be taken from his family. He could be stoned. He could be killed. This is legit. I can imagine his, his family right now in this moment are, are looking at him and going, hey, stay in the yard, okay? Stay in the yard. But Ananias is like, I, I, I can't. We're going to see there. He says, I, I can't stay in the, life, in, in the yard. Sharing Christ involves risk. If you're going to share Jesus, if you're going to share the hope and the healing and the peace and the purpose of Jesus, you're going to have to take a risk. You're going to have to take a risk with your neighbors. You're going to have to take a risk with that parent on the ball team. You're going to have to take a risk with those people that you go to school with on, on your campus. It's going to take, you have to take a risk at work. I, I remember long before I was in ministry, most of you know that um, I was on the radio and I did morning shows. That was my career. And I wasn't even thinking about being a pastor. And at one point in my career, uh, I was doing a, a morning show, and I was always in, uh, intentional about trying to share Christ with my coworkers and really just help them to know and experience what I'm experiencing in my life. And so whenever I had the opportunity, I would intercede, I would invest, and I would inform whenever God gave me the opportunity to do so. And I remember one time I was in a strategic planning meeting. You've been in one of those where it's like once a year, gather everybody together, and they talk about where you've been, where you're going, the SWOT analysis and all that stuff. And I was in that meeting. And I, I still remember the person. I remember their name. I won't say their name because they're a friend of mine on Facebook. Uh, but I remember the person, and I remember how they said, hey, you know, one of the things we need, we need to have stop is we need it. Brad and Buster, which that was our morning show. I was on the morning show. Brad and Buster have got to stop talking about Jesus on the radio. That's killing our ratings. And I was like, okay, all right, I just been singled out. Okay, this is awkward. The, the crazy thing is, we never talked about Jesus on the radio. Never one time. In fact, we were very intentional to not do that because that wasn't the environment for that. I was working on a secular radio station at the time. And, and me and Buster both were, were believers. But we were we said, you know what? We're going to show the love of Jesus. We're going to express the things of Jesus. 
we're just not going to do that on the radio because that's not appropriate and that's not what they want for us. But, but here's what we did do. We did share the love of Jesus with our coworkers. Uh, we would, whenever the opportunity would present itself, we'd pray for, we, we, had, we had a Bible study and, and it was me and, and Buster and Karen and a couple of others. And I remember we wanted to meet there at the radio station, but they said, no, you, you, can't, you can't have a Bible study here. So we went across the road to the Baptist church this is crazy. We went across the street to the Baptist church. We asked if we could have a prayer meeting and a Bible study at their church, and they said, uh, we're going to have to ask our board and get an approval on that. <laughs> Anybody ever been to that church? <laughs> they finally gave us approval. We got to, we got to have our, our Bible study. But listen, I wasn't going around putting tracks in the bathroom. I wasn't walking up to people's desks saying, you know, hey, if you were to die today, do you know where you'd spend eternity? I, I didn't do any of that kind of stuff. <laughs> Some of you have had that person, and you've had it done to you. Don't be that person. As I said, you know, be awkward, just it'll be weird. But I just, whenever the opportunity presented itself, and so people around the radio station began to know that I was a follower of Jesus, and so was Buster and others, and so they would come to us every once in a while, and they would ask us questions, and they would uh, talk to us, and, and, and we would have that opportunity to do that. I remember one time I was, uh, when all this was going on, I, had to, I was doing a broadcast at a bar, and I used to do bar broadcast all the time. And I remember sitting in the bar and doing a live broadcast, and it was a dance bar, and everybody's having a great time. And I remember looking around, and I remember thinking, man, I'm getting on the radio, and I'm saying, hey, everybody, come on out and make a poor choice tonight. Because <laughs> I was looking around, and I was like, wow, everybody here is making bad decisions. And I'm, I'm inviting them to come make a bad decision. And God said, Brad, I don't want you in this environment anymore. I had to go into my boss's office, and I had to take a risk, and I had to say, I can't do this anymore. I didn't lose my job, but it made it pretty awkward. You're going to have to take a risk. I want you to take 30 seconds right now, and I want you to share with somebody in the room next to you, where is God maybe challenging you right now to take a risk? It might be your neighborhood, workplace, ball team. I don't know. Where is God challenging you right now to take a risk? Turn to somebody and share that. So God is calling all of us. I can, I, just in this room, I can see we're all challenged. All of us in this room, I know where you are. You, we're challenged right now. That God is saying, he's, he's calling me to take a risk. We've we got to remember this, that we are all missionaries. All of us. We talked about that last week. We're all missionaries. We're on mission. And we are all assigned to a mission field. I mean, the church has not been shut down. It has been sent out. And that's Ananias' story, and that's our story. Look at verse 17. It says, So Ananias, he went, and he found Saul. He laid his hands on him, and he said this. Say these two words with me. He said, what? Brother Saul. Now, he, he didn't say murderer Saul. He didn't say, hey, guy who's making my life difficult, Saul. <laughs> he called him a brother. He called him his brother. 
So we all have Saul's around us. How do you view your neighbor, your coworker, that parent on the soccer team? Come on, we, we all have a Saul. <laughs> we all have a Saul in our lives, but what God is trying to get us to see right now is, guess what? They're a child of God. They're our brother and they're our sister. They, they just haven't been introduced to the mercy and the grace and the forgiveness that you and I have received. So Ananias shows mercy and grace to Saul. He says, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road, he has what? Sent me. He has sent me. Turn to somebody and say, he is sending you. He is sending you. Yeah, the church has not been shut down. It has been sent out. He's sending me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because Ananias took a risk, Saul became Paul. Ananias had no idea. He was just being obedient to God, but he didn't know the ripple effect throughout the centuries. He had no idea that Saul was going to take the gospel to the Gentiles. By the way, the Gentiles are everybody that's not a Jew. So if you're not Jewish, you are a Gentile, and you have Paul to thank for that. Paul went out, started churches all over the world. He wrote letters to these churches. The New Testament we have today, why? Is it because of Paul? Yeah, but it's really because of this guy named Ananias. It's because Ananias decided, I'm going to be bold. I'm going to take a risk. So when I was at this radio station uh, and I was working there, and all this was happening around me, uh, and I was sharing Christ with, our, with my coworkers. Uh, the guy who came on the radio after us, uh, his name was uh, Jerry Austin. And Jerry, uh, one day, walked into my office, and he said, uh, hey, Brad, you got a minute? Now, I always knew uh, anytime anybody at work said, you got a minute, I knew that, uh, that God's working on him, that there's something they need to share. And I said, absolutely, man. So he came in and uh, he just started sharing with me about his life. And he started sharing with me how hard it was and how difficult things were. And that began a series of conversations. And I remember one particular time I just felt like God impressed on me and said, why don't you invite him to come to church with you? So I did. I just said, hey, Jerry, man, why don't you, why don't you come to church? I'd love for you to come to church one Sunday. And so he did. Came to church, sat by me, and, uh, and then came to my small group and started hanging out in the small group. And um, I, uh, then he made a commitment to follow Jesus, and, and he got baptized. I'm getting all messed up because I know he's watching. <laughs> um, he, uh, it, when you share the love of Jesus with somebody and you see their life transformed, it changes you. It affects you. So Jerry was baptized, and um, then I ended up going into ministry later, year, a few years later, and then Jerry ended up moving to Arkansas, and we kind of lost track with one another, kind of kept in touch through social media and things like that and texting every once in a while. And About 20 years went by, two decades. Two decades go by. And I'm standing in the lobby of Core Church, and this beautiful young lady comes up to me, and she goes, you don't know me. And I looked at her, and I'm like, 
I do know you, but I don't know you. And she said, I'm Jerry's daughter. And his daughter was uh, little. And I'm, God, I'm so messed up right now because I know she's watching right now. So, um, and she started coming to Core Church. And uh, her son, Parker, said, hey, Mom, I, I want to get baptized. And I will never forget that Sunday because I was up on the stage and I was in the baptismal pool and Parker was in the baptismal pool next to me. And right over here in this section was Jerry. And, I, and he was like 50 feet away from me, but, but we were having a moment together. Like, can you believe what's happening here? Like, I... I, I I, I reached, you got baptized, and now I'm baptizing your, your, your grandson. What if I wasn't willing to take that risk? What if I wasn't willing to be bold? What if you're not willing to take that risk? Are you willing to take that risk? Because right now, somebody somewhere, like Saul, is praying and you are the answer to that prayer. God wants to use you to bring hope to somebody's life, to bring new life, to bring salvation, to bring forgiveness, to bring the kindness of our God to them. I believe God wants to write your name and their story into the pages of Scripture. We are living the pages of Scripture, by the way. We are actually writing Scripture, so to speak, right now. Like, just imagine looking back at, um, at this scripture at verse 17. Imagine it, it said this, you know, imagine it said this, like, said, so Tony, so Tony went to his neighbor. And his neighbor made a commitment to follow Jesus. Man, imagine, imagine if it said, so Shirley went to that lady in her workplace, just talked with her. And because of that, her life was changed. I mean, put your name in that story. I want to encourage you today, don't stay in the yard. Man, go out, play in the streets. Don't play it safe. Let's go out. Let's take a risk. So what is God challenging you with today? We're going to move into a time of communion, and I want to encourage you to get your sacraments together. We're going to get ours together here in this room. And if you're new to Core Church and you're new to communion, communion is this time where we remember the death and the resurrection of, of Jesus Christ. Uh, the, the cup it represents the, the blood of Christ, and the bread represents the body. Thank you. The, maybe today you'd say, Brad, I'm... I'm I'm Saul. I'm, uh, I'm your friend Jerry. <laughs> Would God forgive me? Yeah. <laughs> the beauty of this whole day today and this story is for you. Because you just look at this guy named Saul and you're like, wow. If God can do that in his life, what could he do in mine? And I believe God wants to bring forgiveness to you today. And when you receive Communion today, what I want you to receive is the grace and the mercy and the forgiveness of our God. Instantly, instantly your life is going to be changed. Or maybe you're like Ananias. And you're like, man, but the risk, 
I mean, what could happen at my job? What could happen with my neighbors? What if this... Uh, I need to be bold. I need to take a risk. Maybe your prayer today is that God make me bold. God make me like Ananias. Though I am scared, though I am afraid, God help me to be bold and to go and to take your love to others. Whatever it is you need from him today, let's pray and then let's receive. Father, right now we pray in the name of Jesus that you bring forgiveness to those who need forgiveness. You would bring boldness to those who need boldness. We thank you that your grace and your mercy is active right now in this moment. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Whatever it is you need, let's receive now. thanks for joining us online today. If you made a commitment to follow Jesus, would you let us know about that? Or any way that we can pray for you, we would love to come alongside you, pray for you, encourage you, support you any way that we can. Go to corechurch.com. Let us support you. We would love to connect with you today. Um, remember, next week we're going to continue to be online together. And uh, here in a moment, you're going to see some questions come up that you can share there in your home and in your gathering, wherever you are. But before we go, can we say our sending prayer together? And, and let's do this. Let's not say it passively. <laughs> let's say it passionately. Okay? Let's say it with deep passion. God, fill me with love and give me boldness to share the hope, healing, peace, and purpose that I've found in Jesus. Lead me to the hurting, the hopeless, the lonely, and the discouraged. This week, I declare that I am available and I am willing to be used for your glory and honor. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week.